right, uh, here we are. Welcome everyone to this week's weekly recap uh, with The Defiant. Um, it's been, been a very uh, tumultuous uh, past couple of days, few days uh, with DeFi, and we have a really amazing guest here to uh, talk us through what's, what's happening. Um, uh, first, uh, I'll introduce uh, The Defiant side. So um, I'm Cami, uh, the founder, we have Jeremy and Owen, uh, staff reporters uh, here at The Defiant. And our guests for today are uh, Julian Boutelup. Um, probably pronouncing your last name wrong. I'm so sorry, Julian. That's um, fine. At uh, CEO of State Capital, core investor and advisor at Curve. Um, and we have DeFi Dave, longtime friend uh, of the Defiant, uh, core advocate uh, for Frax. Um, so, guys, let's let's get uh, right to it. Um, what uh, what's happening uh, with Curve has really uh, sent ripples all throughout uh, DeFi. Um, uh, just a bit of a quick background. Um, uh, Michael Egrov, Curve founder, has uh, huge uh, loans outstanding backed by uh, CRV on uh, different lending protocols in DeFi. Um, Aave, Frax, Abracadabra uh, are a few of them. Uh, these positions have been uh, well known, um, but what happened is that uh, last weekend Curve uh, suffered uh, an exploit uh, which sent the price of uh, CRV down, um, jeopardizing uh, or, or, or putting a higher risk of liquidation on, on the loans that uh, Michael has taken out. Um, that's been compounded by rising interest rates as uh, it, it's been kind of this um, uh, snowball effect where people are uh, nervous about uh, what happened. So they're taking out uh, f uh, liquidity from uh, from DeFi protocols at spiking rates. Um, and so it, it's a very kind of unstable situation, it, uh, it feels like. So um, with that, <laughs> let's, uh, let's uh, just like see where the state of play uh, is at. Like, where are we at um, with the, uh, the situation? Like, what's the risk right now? Uh, what are you guys um, seeing? Are, are things stabilized? Um, yeah, I don't know if uh, either Julian or, or Dave yeah. want to so, jump in. I'll jump in here. Uh, can you guys hear me? Yep. Yeah. Oh, perfect. Um, yeah, I think things are definitely stabilizing. We're not out of the woods yet, but I think you guys saw earlier the hackers started returning funds. Um, the only thing right now is uh, Michael does have lending positions open, but it seems like he does have those under control. He's continuing to do uh, OTC deals for his CRV, which I find quite interesting because you're seeing CRV being distributed as well as locked more so right now than it has been in the past 18 months. And I think one of the biggest lessons we can take from this incident is how much incentives really matter. And I mean this from like the beginning of the hack all the way up to the lending protocols being uh, paid off. So with the hack, um, it wasn't technically a, a curve exploit. It was actually an exploit in the compiler of the Viper code. Mm -hmm. um, which is basically this, you know, compiler. I think of it as like a magic machine that turns human code into machine readable text. Uh, no one looks to check if anything was buggy there because VCs, white hats, they don't really have an incentive to. 
But because of, you know, the bear market, things drying up for hackers, you know, in 2021, it was like open season. It was very easy to get like a nine figure hack. But now when things were drying up, you had to have, you know, hack, black hat hackers had to look deeper into the stack, which led them to, uh, you know, looking to the programming language itself. Viper um, is a lot easier to read to Solidity. So it's a lot easier to pick up on these exploits. And, you know, this is, the exploit was around in 2021. It was like miraculously patched, but like people didn't even realize it. Um, and from what I've been told, um, there was actually like a transfer of, of like people working on, on Viper from, you know, around that time. And it seems like something was missed. That's what a curve cap from uh, told me. And so something was missed. Um, the, you know, it wasn't picked up. And now we had the situation where it was hacked. Um, and it just reverberated up the stack. I mean, it's pretty scary to think that uh, you now not only have to worry about the like protocol code being uh, airtight, but also the the language in, in which it's written. Yeah, it's like something that needs to be figured out is like, how do we incentivize people to audit that level of compiler? Like right now, um, last year, uh, curve past the gauge that actually funds the Viper team. So it's not like, you know, things have been like funded before in a public goods manner. I wonder like what else could be done. Like maybe like Viper protocols, the protocols that use Viper can band together to, you know, fund you know, more audits at that level. Mm. Um, Julian, uh, throwing the question uh, at you now, uh, how do you think we are, um, in terms of, you know, are things uh, stabilizing uh, or, you know, is there still um, a risk that the CRV price uh, will suddenly drop? I mean, is there enough demand for, for CRV to uh, keep the price uh, above uh, liquidation levels? Well, I think um, um, if you ask me the question uh, um, um, a few days ago, it would be a different answer than... Uh, what the current situation is. Um, uh, give me just a quick second. Yeah, I think it's also about. I um, think. I think. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Um, so um, what what I have been uh, happening, and I'm sure you saw on, on the news, is that uh, Michael uh, has been uh, doing uh, a couple of um, OTC uh, trade with some some of the biggest um, uh, um, builders and. Mm -hmm. and also some influencers in the space in exchange of a locking period of the CRV, uh, which basically um, uh, allow him to reimburse his liquidation, um, his, his position on, on having a couple of the platforms such as Frax, um, making, making the situation uh, more stable and, and safer. Um, so yes, it's uh, the appetite for people to short the, the uh, CRV uh, is less uh, less bigger, I would say. So it's uh, it's more costly to short CRV at the moment because we are uh, far more uh, far away from the liquidation ratio that uh, was uh, that that was a couple of days ago. Um, uh, the, the hacker still has a, a good portion of, of CRV, uh, but we have more liquidity on the market. Um, trading volume is pretty high, um, so I don't think. Um, today it's better than a few days ago. Uh, if I if I can uh, add a recap. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, 
these OTC deals that are happening uh, with uh, players like OGs, influencers, and uh, funds in the space, um, are, are you? What's what's your kind of involvement, if if you can say? Like, are are you uh, involved in in one of these uh, deals? No, I think Michael uh, is the main uh, person uh, responsible for the for for doing those uh, OTC. I've, I've facilitated uh, uh, a couple of them, such as uh, StakeDAO and, and and other one, but that's it. Uh, Michael is the, the only person that makes decision over those uh, OTC trade, and I think this is this is normal. Um, is uh, is the one that uh, currently um, having one of the biggest uh, uh, position in the, in the curve ecosystem, and especially on Avi, which Avi is one of the biggest uh, DeFi projects. So. The systematic uh, risk is, is was uh, there and, and, and today uh, less uh, less than a couple of days ago. Uh, but yeah, it's the one handling uh, this, uh, those OTC trade. Right. So StakeDAO has um, a, a, a position in, in CRV, right? Uh, so I guess like my question was, uh, are you guys buying more of it now? From Michael. Yes, we always been buying more. Mm. Uh, um, no, but we. Um, I mean, um, originally we I, I built uh, staked out to uh, have a position in the curve walls uh, mm -hmm. in a CRV a CRV position. That's what we built the liquid lockers, um, and and at the moment the liquid locker are the best uh, way to to lock the CRV because we have the big the, the safest. Uh, uh, peg on the market. So one of the core business model of Curve of uh, StackDAO is to uh, add a position in in Curve because then we can um, uh, boost and, and and incentivize the different strategies. But we also have exposition to uh, Balancer, to Fax, and, and other big DeFi projects. Uh, and also Balancer was used in during this um, this hack. Um, but yeah, the, so we are uh, running the business on top of Curve. So it makes sense that we acquire and in one way or another, it's a direct purchase from uh, from the treasury or uh, directly by people depositing uh, inside the locker and minting those uh, uh, liquid uh, position of the CRV. Right. Are, are people participating in this OTC deals required to, to lock up a CRV? Yes, correct. Yeah, makes sense. Like as as um like as V as V E C R V like I saw there was a variety of people did a variety of things if I remember correctly like I know that Wintermute which took um which did an OTC deal yesterday like they deposited in Binance so like it doesn't seem from my understanding of what I'm seeing on Etherscan like it doesn't seem like the the rules are hard and fast. Like, right. is it a handshake? Is it like a handshake thing, or like, do, or is, does each OTC deal have its own terms of what you have to do? I know uh, Big Brother Mackie, he deposited in BECRV. So yeah, I'm just curious. Uh, I think um, I cannot um, um, talk for Michael, but I, sure. I, I think the the, uh, the the incentive to uh, the the agreement to lock into at least, uh, and more importantly, into VCRV is pretty pretty high because VCRV is not uh, that is not liquid on market. So um, sure. uh, 
uh, it's better to lock in VCRV. But if you are a builder such as StakeDAO, uh, Yearn, uh, Convex, uh, Fax, and all the other people, I would say that the reputation is above the 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 fact of uh, selling the CRV liquid position on the market. So, um, uh, informal agreement, gentleman agreement, is is probably uh, uh, safe in this in the sense because Curve is also the one incentivizing those protocols to, for example, in TechDAO, we have vote market uh, uh, to incentivize those different strategy to continue through the inflation of the protocol. So going against the protocol will probably be seen and same as just shooting ourselves in the foot. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Dave, I mean, for, for Frax, for, uh, you know, one of many protocols who uh, are would be impacted, obviously, mm-hmm. uh, if, if, you know, there was a, a liquidation. Um, oh, and by the way, before I go on with the question, I, I need to do a, a shout out to our awesome uh, sponsor, uh, Bumper, defend your crypto from market crashes and downside volatility. So check them out. Uh, it helps them. It helps us at the Defiant as well um, when you click on their links. So uh, yeah, go go ahead and uh, check out uh, Bumper. Um, all right. So the Dave, what I was um, getting at is, you know, there's a there's a huge contagion risk, and uh, you know, it's uh, a property of DeFi how things are so uh, interconnected. Mm-hmm. Um, Frax, right now, if if you can just uh, give an overview of um, what what the what kind of the health of these positions are looking at. Are, are looking like uh, in in frax and um, what actions have uh, has the protocol taken uh, if any to remedy this or make things safer well i just want to reiterate that the frax protocol was not at risk at all during the situation it was its positions in curve that were at risk and at the beginning of this whole ordeal uh when risk was apparent frax pulled its protocol owned liquidity from the Frax base pool, from Frax 30 CRV, and from the Frax ETH pool as a precaution, um, because if, if you know they, they just had to, um, and then they monitored the situation really closely. Uh, Frax and Curve are obviously super connected. Uh, I consider Curve to be the minting redeeming facility for the Frax stablecoin for Frax ETH. People look at it as an AMM. I'm like, no, you can actually mint and redeem Frax mm. from from Curve, the protocol itself. So it's vital infrastructure. So, you know, Frax was there in the war room, hands, all hands on deck, helping um, wherever they could. Um, what's really interesting was how this this whole ordeal reverberated up the stack. You know, on the smart contract level, you had black hats versus white hacks, you know, coming, you know, trying to recover funds or extract funds. And then at the market level, you had Michael trying to pay back his loans. And he actually prioritized Fraxland first based on the way uh, Fraxman was actually designed and how its mechanisms were constructed. Um, I consider Fraxland uh, an extent, it was built as a uh, extension of Frax and it had those parameters to, you know, for the benefit to uh, increase the market share and utility of Frax. And that's why it was designed a certain way. And so we had the utilization rate go to 100% and it would double every 12 hours. Uh, That basically calls Michael to, you know, prioritize Fraxland first Mm. above everyone else. So it's a because very, would, yeah. would like the interest rate just mm-hmm. spike? It as... would spike, exactly. Okay. So, the inter- yeah, it was a really novel, unique design. So like the way Fraxland is de- designed, it's siloed, isolated pools. So 
none of the risk would be to any of the other pools. It would just mm. be those who landed in the FRAX CRV pool that was affected. And what I found really fascinating about this whole thing was how Michael built his way out of it combined with the OTC deals. So you, you actually saw um, Michael create a gauge uh, for a CRV, USD, and FRAX pair. So it was a secondary to, uh, debt market for the FRAX debt, which was yeah. the first of its kind, which was really cool. So you Can know, you explain I, how, how that works? Yeah. So, you know, you get a receipt token when you deposit FRAX in the FRAX CRV um, lending pair. Um, and you you basically pair that token to CRV USD and it creates a second. So the whole point of it was to incentivize people to deposit their FRAX into the FRAX CRV earning, you know, that native yield, however risky. And then depositing that again in the uh, curve gauge and earning, you know, CRV emissions as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I would expect to see that kind of mechanic. It was brand new. And I would expect to see these like kind of secondary debt markets pop up again in the future. That's something that was discussed in the Frax Telegram group as well. So out of, uh, you know, necessity comes innovation, as they say. Now, as as Agarov is kind of tending all these positions, to what extent, and anyone can answer this, by the way, to what extent are they tethered to one another in terms of contagion? Like if, if one of them defaults, does that cause another to default? And I mean, on all the other lending protocols. Yes. Yeah, I mean, depends on how everyone's, uh, you know, liquidation process works. At the end of the day, you just don't want to be the last one holding the bag with bad debt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, and assuming people are going to sell the curve in, I mean, yeah, if one position gets liquidated, I assume people are going to sell immediately. And I assume that's going to push it yeah. into other levels. Yeah. But if, if, we, if we get there. I mean, like a, a lot of I've been watching the governance boards and some some people are talking about like taking the LTD to zero. Others are talking about tiering it. Uh, obviously, the way Fraxland is set up, there is uh, an incentive uh, to to tend those positions because of the raising interest rates. So given, you know, the aggressive stance that Egorov has taken to to, you know, safeguard and underpin these loans with collateral, I don't know that it would necessarily still represent a risk for the market at, at whole with CRV if he continues to, to make the payments, right? Yeah, I was on a uh, live, sh- I was on a show with Curve Cap yesterday on, on Blockmates and he was, you know, he's with the Curve team, he's close with Michael and everyone. And he was saying how Michael has been doing on-chain lending since 2018 and just has never been liquidated, has always been managing positions. And from his managing of his lending positions, that's how he thought of, of Curve itself. That's how he thought of, you know, CRV, USD. So Michael is quite experienced in this regard of managing his lending positions. And for sure, uh, he was put to the test. But, you know, it seems like we're we're almost out of the woods there. And to me, it's interesting that um, it, it's like the entire DeFi community came to the rescue, you know, uh, buying up a CRV uh, over the counter to, to shore up the price, to make sure that Michael doesn't get uh, liquidated. Um, I don't know. It, it's just like an interesting uh, dynamic um, happening. It's like everyone is um, in it together. Uh, but at the same time, I don't know. It's, it's kind of scary that there's also the incentive for someone to just trade uh, the other way because things, yeah, they, they are... Uh, stabilizing but you know looking at the price um it's, it's still a lot lower than, than it was before the hack so um i don't know it, it, to me 
it's you know there, there's still the the risk uh, out there that somebody will will push uh, you know uh, will make a big uh, sale of, of CRV somebody who maybe has a short position um, you know there, there is kind of that that looming uh, still or do you guys are is that kind of ruled out I mean, the uh, the if you look at the the funding rate uh, of uh, uh, shorting uh, CRV, it's pretty mm -hmm. uh, pretty expensive. So whether you have uh, something on the side that will allow you uh, to, uh, for example, make a cascade of of liquidation, such as on Ave, um, you really need to spend a lot of money in order to maintain that position uh, mm -hmm. in any uh, centralized exchanges. So um, of course. Um, for someone, uh, uh, a hedge fund or a trader, um, still uh, possible. You can you can still buy that position and and try to short and, and try to make sure that you get close to that liquidation ratio. And that's I think what people were trying to do uh, off chain and trying to. I've I've seen a couple of messages uh, that people were trying to collude together in order to uh, make those liquidation happen. Those people are not necessarily and are really far away from the builders uh, community, mm. and um, uh, we have to understand that. If uh, any of, of the people that are building in DeFi space fail, it's really likely that will affect uh, uh, one of the project one way or another, and especially if the lending market or the auto market maker uh, get affected, such as Fax, Curve, or Aave, um, the, the, the magnitude of, of damages that can, that can create in the DeFi space is pretty high. I will consider this position as the same that we've seen uh, back then with BitMEX and R2 when uh, suddenly the platform was shut down because uh, there was too many liquidation and, and uh, the reason why is the DevOps or uh, the, the stack was not able to handle the stack of liquidation, which I think for me was shut down and people say to save Bitcoin. But in this uh, scenario of DeFi, the risk is pretty big and what could happen with the cascade of liquidation could really bring DeFi uh, pretty pretty bad mode. Uh, so, of course, it was in the all interest of everyone to, to save that uh, situation uh, from the builders community and also from people involved in the DeFi space because it could have uh, been really bad. Mm. I mean, it, I'm not yeah. saying this is finished, but mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm saying it, uh, what Michael has been doing is fantastic. Uh, or the, to uh, being able to reimburse this position and also what the people in this community have been doing together uh, to talk to each other. We have multiple different groups. We have been helping each other. We've been uh, also reimbursing some positions, some people, uh, just to make sure that everyone is safe while we are working towards uh, saving uh, the money that was stolen. And I think this is working on. And I really like the, the way it was phrased uh, that um, you uh, to the hacker, uh, either you, you you give back all the money and you can keep 10% uh, or uh, we'll uh, give those 10% to anyone that can give uh, uh, useful information to uh, 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 to dox uh, 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 the hacker. And this was pretty powerful because at mm -hmm. the end, it's very likely that uh, the person become not uh, anonymous anymore and, and anyone, any legal enforcement will be after him. So... Yes, the way he reacted online like a couple of minutes ago, it's pretty funny. Um, but yes, this is what it is. I wonder with this situation, has it changed perhaps the way that 
lenders are going to be facilitating loans or or the industry in general in terms of its architecture and like in terms of general contagion and, and liquidation risk? Yeah, I think uh, um, starting from, I mean, we've seen a lot of um, uh, different um, um, liquidation events in the past and, and especially last year with the entire CFI ecosystem filling uh, Celsius and 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 uh, uh, all the different uh, um, FTX and different guys that uh, pushed a lot of liquidation market, I would have thought that lending uh, LPs would have uh, changed the um, the strategy of depositing asset. But what we've seen a little a couple of um, uh, past from external uh, consulting company that are trying to provide better sense of of how to uh, use certain asset as collateral and, and uh, so I think we'll see more and more uh, vetting company that will try to push um, off-chain content into on-chain uh, uh, mechanism so for example certain asset cannot be used as collateral because it poses a huge systematic risk to DeFi space at least this is what will happen for sure do you Complete think that mentality of lending yeah is, it, is there an argument that uh, CRV shouldn't be used as collateral? I, I don't think this is a, this is a rational argument. Uh, the, the argument of uh, a certain limit of, of being used as a collateral is probably a good discussion, mm. but not being used as totally as a, an argument. I think this is probably uh, in the interest of certain people that don't really necessarily want to see CRV being used in the DeFi space. But... Mm. CRV, if you look at the market cap, is a couple of billions. Uh, so, and it's proceeding uh, uh, from 100 million to a couple of billions volume per day. And in terms of uh, generated rewards per week, we're also talking uh, in a couple of millions. So, if you look at the price earning on this uh, protocol, it's pretty, uh, pretty good. So, it makes complete sense to have uh, this asset as a collateral. And, and also, it was the asset that created the V to economics, uh, so mm -hmm. uh, and and a lot of different protocol that build on top of um, yes. Yeah. Super. So yeah. If, if someone doesn't list CRV, then somebody else will. Right. Yeah. Of course. Yes. Of course. Yeah. I guess like having some sort of ratio uh, w would be you know a way forward. Like, you mentioned the limit, though. I wonder yeah. are the limits that you would uh, that you speak of would they encompass the current. Uh, amount of CRV that's being utilized to back loans, or would they, that be more than what the limits that you would you would uh, recommend for future? As opposed to uh, just no longer utilizing as a collateral, because you said that maybe limitations were something that you would impose. Yeah, um, I'm not sure what uh, the name of uh, the American group that uh, proposed uh, a governance on, on Ave. That's um, gauntlet. It's, it's gauntlet. Yeah. yeah. I didn't yeah. want to mention, but uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> um, I think it's interesting. In um, of course, um, yes. Not sure if I want to comment, but um, it's it's interesting how um, sometimes decisions are not necessarily made by rational or Cartesian or mathematical uh, analysis, but also on lobbying. Uh, side and this space is a lot of 4D chess, is a lot of different things that are happening on chain but also uh, off chain. 
Um, so yeah, of course there, there are different, uh, a few different stories around curve and different things like that. So um, we always have to uh, take into consideration that there are multiple different strings uh, that are being pulled and 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 in different ways. Um, I think it's completely rational to uh, have certain limits um, uh, compared to the availability of liquidity on market and for how long those assets are being locked. For example, we have a huge percentage of locking inside uh, uh, as a, a CRV, uh, as a VCRV, and also in liquid staking such as uh, uh, stake DAO, FAX, urine, and different things. And a lot of builders. So yes, uh, if we consider that a certain amount is being locked into the protocol for four years, um, I, I, it's completely rational that we can use a certain percentage as a collateral inside the lending protocol. Mm -hmm. uh, makes complete sense. Yeah. yeah. When when do you guys uh, see at, at which point do you guys think that we we are kind of um, that the, the the risk is is gone that we are kind of over over this episode like. Are, is is there like some sort of threshold, like price threshold that you're looking at, or like at which point we're like out out of the woods? I don't know if I would say price threshold, but maybe when the OTC deals stop, that's a good sign a good or good sign. Me measurement. It's like okay, like he he's he has everything under control after that, um, and then we can just see what happens from there, and DeFi can just continue on. Hmm. Defying. Defying. I think. I think. <laughs> I think for me, it's more about um, you look at the funding rate of the, uh, uh, for people shorting, and mm. it's a good indicator of uh, are we in a safe uh, zone or not. Mm. Because if this funding rate is pretty high, it means that there's no, the interest for people to short the asset is pretty, uh, pretty low and it makes a good confidence about um, uh, is the position of, of the, um, the situation stable. The best way to measure uh, a betting uh, scenario is always to look at where are the people betting, you know. So uh, mm. at the moment, funding rates uh, is starting. A lot of people got squeezed. It happened last year during uh, this uh, famous person said, uh, quote, uh, who agree, what are you going to do? Call the police. And it happened. It was uh, it tried to attack the protocol of curve, um, got a squeeze and, and, uh, and, and, and liquidated. Um, but yeah, look always at the uh, derivative options market, uh, uh, future market, to see what are the tendons and, and the trend in, uh, in a, 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 a situation. Yeah. So where where's that funding rate now? And where would you consider it that, you know, there's really no appetite to short and we're out of the woods? Uh, I haven't checked the, the thing, but I think people were paying those like 400% a year uh, mm. to short CRV which is kind of uh, pretty high, but it can go up to uh, uh, 4,000, you know, like it doesn't, it's not ridiculous. So when you add per day uh, something between a couple of percent uh, net profits, uh, then uh, uh, it's uh, people are either paid or very uh, uh, penalized to, to short. So that's an interesting uh, momentum. Yeah. Are, are there like... What do we? What did we learn from all this? Because it does seem like there were a lot of undefi things that happened this week. I mean, these OTC deals were, you know, they're they're. I mean, I would have liked to see everyone lock up in VECRV right away or or whatever, just because there's a pre lockup contract you could easily lock up in six months. Um, you don't need to like write any code. Um, the OTC deals. I mean, you saw Abracadabra try to like shim in a proposal like in in 24 hours 
Um, I don't know. Like, are there things we can do better? Because it was, it did feel kind of like, it felt on DeFi. On the flip side, I want to say like fascinating to watch this happen on chain and so cool that we have so much information compared to like an FTX collapse. But I don't know, like, yeah, we already, we already touched yeah. on this, but like, I, yeah. I think there's like a few things to take. Like one, how can we incentivize audits at the compiler level? How mm -hmm. can we, you know, when this whole thing was happening live, you had certain auditing firms say like, hey, you might want to check this out. And it was like still live and it was just like open season. So yeah. how do we, how do we prevent stuff like that happening again? It seems like shame is one way to do that. VCs will ever be incentivized to take care of that, something like that in terms of right. like, you know, you're putting a lot of money behind this protocol. You have, yeah. a, you know, succeeding. Why not create the incentive for people to ensure yeah. that the code that you're producing doesn't go through the school of hard knocks out there while everybody's money's at risk. Although yeah. that's just I will say because, you know, everything happened on chain, everything was, you know, incredibly transparent. You could see, yeah. you know, the OTC deals happen in real time. Yeah. You could see, you know, everything, but everything that would be behind the scenes in TradFi was front and center in DeFi. Yeah. And so, right. you know, it may not have been the most, you know, decentralized per, per se, but, yeah. you know, coordination it was, was transparent. Yeah, yeah. Co coordination was necessary, you know, to mitigate the situation. And I think mm -hmm. DeFi welcomes, you know, equality of opportunity but that doesn't sure. necessarily mean equality of outcome sure 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 yeah totally fascinating like i mean i love like citing ether scan as a source is you know very satisfying so yeah. Yeah. I, I think what's interesting is um uh, for example solidity or, or viper um uh, you have uh, years of research not necessarily in those languages but uh, before in c and really uh, deep uh, low level programming and the concept of formal verification where you can prove that the compiler is actually doing what it's supposed mm -hmm. to do and there's no bug involved. In, 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 a, in a DeFi space, what we learned, and, and uh, remember the, uh, a couple of years ago, it seems very far away now, but the flash loan. Uh, people were saying, okay, mm -hmm. we need to stop flash loan because they are dangerous and because people have access to limited amount of money and they shouldn't actually have access to limited amount of money. But guess what? The community and the builders will find a way to uh, uh, to build a better DeFi. So Flashloan was actually built in a way that they solely def uh, they brought the space in a better uh, better place because it's uh, made possible certain type of attacks that will normally necessarily uh, will normally requ require a centralized uh, uh, entity yeah. to to be able to play. But they have no way to play because they have no knowledge of the space. So it will just take and shift the. Uh, those type of attack to in ten years in a, in a time time frame. Uh, today, I think we need to um, not um, uh, we need acknowledge or uh, understand that those type of uh, compiler uh, uh, errors can happen. So we need to build code in such a way that can prevent us. If something happens, at least we minimize the risk. We in security, there's the concept of you never actually safe. What mm -hmm. you, you need to do as security is just to minimize the exposure to the risk and your appetite to the risk. How, how uh, strong you are to buy the risk. It's the same type of thing in trading and, and anything that type of things. I think in DeFi space and when we write code, we need to understand the, also the concept of quantitative trading. Right? How far you are to be able to, to expose yourself to the risk. And, and then we can build those type of uh, 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 mechanism that if something happened in the compiler level, it doesn't necessarily will stop everything, but will prevent from uh, having the entire protocol exposed to the risk. For example, what uh, uh, Dave mentioned on Fax, you have uh, Faxland, uh, 
uh, those pools are isolated between each other. Uh, so if something happens, you can shut them, you can prevent them. In Balancer, they share the mutual state across different pools, so the, the vulnerability could be actually higher. So those type of things, they will come, and what the, those moments are better to happen today than later, because if we grow mm -hmm. up the space, but now we're talking about a couple of billions or two trillions or one, 1. 1.2 trillion, depends on the day and you wake up, but it's better today than later. And the way that we can build better, better system is that we learn from those mistakes. And one at the compiler level, it happened before in, uh, in not in this place of blockchain or DeFi, but in security defense and uh, different type of attacks in the compiler level. So it's not new and it can happen. It's just a matter, as Dave mentioned, doing proper audits on the compiler. But even if we do the maximum and we, if you look at React News, a dashboard, you will see that a lot of those different products that got audited are still on the top of the leaderboard. So mm. it doesn't, it's not because you are fully audited that you, the risk is not there. It's just like you try to minimize the risk and you try to be, you try to sense how much you can get exposed to the risk yourself. For example, yeah. insurance. I think insurance have a big role to play in the space. Uh, for now, it's really difficult because people are not incentivized correctly. Uh, the yield is not really good in the insurance protocol, but uh, outside ventures, we'll be able to provide a safety net. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, we're still, you know, we, we hear like, oh, we're early, but we really are early and we're still in this beta test of sorts. And if you're on chain right now, you're pretty much a guinea pig. And so you have to be aware of the risk, but everything's being battle tested right now for when the big time comes, you know, when hundreds of billions and trillions of dollars of TVL, you want to get out all the kinks, you want to get out all the exploits at all different levels, whether economic or at a code level yeah. here and now before, you know, real big money comes on chain. So, go, Cammy, go, you got it. <laughs> um, no, just um, wanted, wanted to ask you guys what, uh, what, you, what are you hoping gets built, uh, you know, in the next few months, uh, either to, to prevent this, this sort of attack or um, just to make DeFi safe for us a whole or, or just, you know, there's things that you think are are missing but before you answer uh, we need to take uh, a look at a, a short clip uh, from bumper um so uh, it, it'll give you a bit of time to think uh, as well so yes we we should uh, see the, the clip now building on cami's question like I am, I'm curious, like, yeah, like there's the, there's secure, there are things that happen at the security level, but given that some degree of hacks is inevitable, like just like a, a level up of abstraction, like, I mean, we kind of touched on this already. Like I think Fraxland proved itself as like a solid mechanism um, here in that they didn't have to scramble, but other things that like, I don't know, you know, I mean, just, just. I, I don't know, like, like maybe it's, maybe it's fine that there's like, I mean, I was just like astounded at the magnitude of the, of Michael's lending positions. I'd covered it before, but I was yeah, just like, crazy. oh my God. Uh, how? Like, yeah, that's, that's a lot of money, my man. Like, $200 million. <laughs> okay, now we're ready for the clip. Sorry about okay. that. <laughs> so here's something new. Bumper your assets to defend them from price drops without Even. using upside exposure. You set a price floor and term length, then lock your tokens into the protocol. When your term ends, if the price has fallen under your floor, you leave with stable coins at the floor's value. Otherwise, you just take back your original asset. Bumper is going live in August, and it's one of the most innovative DeFi protocols for hedging being built right now. So check out bumper.fi. There's links in the description of this video. Now back to our story. Okay. 
now now we're back all right so, we're so where, back. Do you, where do you guys yeah we're, we are so back <laughs> what do you guys think like what what are you hoping gets uh, built on in DeFi? Hmm. well i think uh, an interesting aspect of um, of what happened during this hack and we've seen it before is um for example like uh, mev uh, mev type of of of, of uh, 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 exploit or, or, or hack or um, what happened is the the, the hacker got uh, uh, front run by by one of uh, cafe uh, uh, bot, uh, and that's interesting because if you think about it, if you have a sophisticated infrastructure and you you have a different way of protecting yourself. Of course, you can go audit. Uh, you can also have different type of um, RPC endpoint for people. So um, if the the transaction is not correctly using a, a a defined whitelisted smart contract, then you don't actually allow the transaction. You can monitor, you can revert, and all different type of things that a lot of different agencies and companies are building those type of things. But you can also, like on the trading side, you can also, if you have sophisticated mechanism in place, layer of protection, uh, try to always arbitrage and front run those type of attack. And that's what usually happen in the white hack uh, when we create those groups, is trying to, we monitor an attack, we see that something is happening because when you request a couple of millions uh, loan on Balancer or whatever uh, platform, uh, landing platform, Aave or Faxland, um, then it's for doing something. Um, it's not just to to watch TV, you know. So mm -hmm. what you what you can do is just to try to understand what's happening. Of course, it goes super fast, and to be able to decompile and understand the transaction is quite difficult. But being if there's profit in place, you can always try to front run arbitrage or try to attack the, the 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 attack. And those type of things are very interesting, and they are sophisticated, but they are also layer of protection that we can use as white hacker to be able to protect some of the biggest DeFi protocol. Uh, some of the ones that are. Uh, today, uh, one of the biggest pillars of, of this ecosystem to guarantee that DeFi doesn't fail. Because if if it fails by a compiler error, how can we tell people from outside of this space to use the protocol? You know, it's difficult. Yeah, exactly. Um, I echo Julian's sentiment as well. I think there should be certain protocols and procedures for white hat operations. I think things, if you read Robert Chen's uh, post from OtterSec, he goes like timeline, like, minute by minute what happened block by block um it seems like there was like a lot of different groups working on different things at once and there was a little bit of chaos and this here and that so i wonder like how we can improve uh, the war room situation so you know mm. on top of what julian uh, uh recommended um you know you also meant i uh, recommended it, you talked about insurance i think it would be interesting to see those products come about once people figure out the incentives for them to come about uh, especially as more and more money uh, comes into DeFi. Um, yeah. Also, just generally, I'm I'm excited for account abstraction to like bring people into DeFi because I feel like EOAs are just just not it for bring, bringing the next millions, if not billions, of users into DeFi as well. So, those Dave, are why do you mention that? Of course, of course, yeah, Julian yeah. and perhaps and also know. also like not telling uh, open. Uh, live vulnerability on Twitter. Yeah, exactly. Yes. actually yes. help, help a lot. Yeah. <laughs> it begs the question, you know, what are the types of products that are insurable in DeFi and then what are the parameters for which you're like, you know, then paying premiums? Yeah, I think this is an opportunity for people to figure out because it obviously yeah. hasn't been figured out yet. So yeah. whoever does, that's a massive opportunity. Yeah. yeah the, the issue in the insurance um, side is always when something happens, 
uh, then you have people <laughs> fighting fighting the case to say no this is not uh, yeah. it's yeah. not part of the insurance uh, <laughs> I mean the same thing happens in, in the real world so yeah. It's just, yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 true yeah I mean, well, because the one the people depositing now uh, incentivizing as LP to actually deposit uh, capital the insurance are against the reimbursement process. So that's, yeah. that's why it's completely uh, unnatural <laughs> for people. Yeah, you need a decentralized arbitration process that's impartial. <laughs> a lot of people have been trying to do, like for example, yeah. like Leros, um, um, uh, those type of, uh, uh, but it's difficult. Uh, then you yeah. have, you have so, people so attacking the governance of those protocols. Yeah. Whether it's to decide, yes. Yeah. Whether it's insurance or even uh, talking about lending parameters in governance forums, I think yeah. like a big lesson in this is how much politics underlies what's yeah. going on. I mean, a lot of times people emphasize development, code is law, and what. But like in reality, when when push comes to shove, everybody has their like interests and subjective view on things. Yeah. And like, how can we get people more aligned? with each other when like stuff really hits the fan. Yeah. I mean, and it's like, it's PVP, man. It's finance. Like everyone's trying to make their money. Like in some ways, like, yeah, like Abracadabra has to protect its interests and, you know, they do what they can, you know? So it's not, I don't know. We can't all hold hands, you know, it's like. Yeah. It's but deeper. it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's what Julian was saying earlier. Like right now, the incentive for so many people in DeFi is to protect CRV, and that's why everyone is is coming together. Uh, you know, if if there's if there's anybody betting against um, CRV, it it has to be someone who's completely abstracted, uh, not not a part of of DeFi at all. Because True. yeah, if like CRV goes down, it it just like brings down so much of DeFi with it. So there's like yeah, like incentives as always are are key, um, are key here. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead, Julie. You're good. No, I mean it's um, you also have people that are in DeFi, and 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 for them they, <laughs> they are purely purely traders uh, mindset, okay. and and if the entire ecosystem goes down by twenty x or fifty x because they have uh, uh, leverage over leverage short position, and then it's perfect uh, for them, and then they will just yeah. buy the bottom. So yeah, it's interesting. We. Mm. Uh, What's what's very fascinating in this space is the we all playing almost uh, open hand uh, cards uh, on the table, and, mm. and everyone can watch in real time what's happening, and 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 uh, can make decision according to those different uh, moves. It's something that never happened in in some uh, in, in traditional finance, except yes, yeah. exactly transparency of uh, chaos, which is fascinating. <laughs> I love that <laughs> equalization of chaos so, uh, for all. That's a good. Quote. With all that, we still have the volatility, though. It's still, it's still, even with everyone's cards facing each other, it's still anyone's guess how the market will turn. You know, of so. That's, uh, yeah, but look, like even if this big, big, big systematic uh, uh, risk on the entire ecosystem of DeFi, if you look at the price and the reaction of the market, it's kind of, uh, it's still, it's, it's stable. I would say. Yeah. So yeah. we have learned mistake from the past. We always say, oh, we never. Uh, learn from the mistake and different things but if you look at the market and look at all the projects react to each other how they they help each other and also the reaction of the uh, uh, those different assets is pretty stable i would say yeah i know it was talked about you know like markets are pvp and yes financial markets are, are pvp but when it comes to builders banding together it's pve it's positive sum you had frax mm -hmm. and 
curve works together to like build, you know, the incentive, the novel incentive mechanism. You have, you know, Julian and everyone coming together to buy CRV because it's in their interest to gain more CRV. So there's, I think there's two different ways to look at, yeah. you know, the PVP versus PVE. And I think it's always better in the long run to think in terms of PVE. Yeah. No, I, I'm very, oh, I I'm, I'm very, no, I'm very pro growing the pie. Like I wish more people thought in a positive some way. I just, yes, I, I maybe the bear market has made me a sin. <laughs> I'm just like everyone, I don't know. You know Everyone's I, out there for themselves. I mean, or, yeah. Or just like everyone, you know, if, if there's enough money on the table and everyone at the table is, is like, you know, people talk about USDT still not being backed. And it's like, there's so many people who do not want that to, who want that to stay quiet. I'm not saying it's true. Cause I don't know, but you know uh, I, I just think there, there are sometimes enough people that everyone is just going to not quite tell the truth. And there are pockets of non-transparency still in DeFi. It's all imperfect, very fast. Oh, I'm course. just saying, yeah, of course yeah. it's, it's very high. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I don't know. yeah. I would say that from where we stand, though, in terms of the curve situation, the way that like a lot of the protocols have been architected and have reacted and are using governance to manage this situation seems to indicate a point of maturity in terms of the industry that we've reached compared to some of the instability that we've seen over the last months and years in terms of crypto lending. And hopefully that is a silver lining to some of these situations where people are looking at the price and the price mm -hmm. action and seeing the risk versus the reaction to it. Yeah, you're right that the the, the reaction um, has been a lot more orderly i would say than past crisis like i don't know I, i'm remembering was it black thursday with with maker dad when everything kind of it, it that it really felt like DeFi was ending um at the time uh but yeah things uh, things developed in, in in a kind of cleaner way this time well, that's because the, the reason I, I, I think is because the market didn't crash but yeah you are uh, if you have a market that crash plus what happened then i think we cannot things are different it's, yeah things are different because people also kind of lose a rationality and and it just goes into chaos mode chaos uh, mode and who will be able to survive and it's kind of like the sinking boat and who's able to uh, jump out the boat and and, and swim across the the, the the river um but yeah it's fascinating but uh, what's also interesting is today we're only playing with um uh, systems that are not, um, I would say, n not um, rocket science, but we're playing with, um, I mean, it's a landing market, a market maker, uh, those type of things that are from high level quite easy to understand. But as soon as we bring those uh, derivatives uh, product, like a very sophisticated uh, high frequency options, futures, bonds, dApps, and different things, then the game will be way more complicated. So when mm -hmm. something like that happens, it will be way more complicated to understand the different connection between all different tools, the different project connections. We are building a DeFi Lego. It's fun. It's amazing because everyone can actually build on top of each other and communicate between each other. And we are still at the level where we understand what's happening. Uh, if you look at a couple of years ago, I was also like doing some deep analysis on some attack like DYDX and different things. They were like super simple, like flash loan, boom, you, you go and, and you hack and, and, and simple. Uh, but today they are becoming way more complicated, but we still same simple tools. I say simple quote, but 
when we start bringing more complex structures, more complex um, uh, connection between all, all the different products, like for example, you say they okay, uh, position in fax lane and then you can use it and then provide liquidity on the pool of curve. That's what we call a type of um, uh, uh, back then in, in traditional finance, 2000, 2008, that was what we call the subprime crisis, you know, like those type of structured products that were connected to each other. And at some point, you don't even know what's happening behind the mm. thing. And, and that's what I'm trying to, uh, trying to say is, is from today, tools are quite simple and simple in, the, in, the, in if you look at traditional finance. But when we bring those complex uh, uh, systems, they will become way more complex to understand what's happening and then way more complex to intervene and to stop uh, either if there's something happening. Does that kind of make us more prone to market contagion then as these tools become more interconnected and complicated to understand? No, because then the, the tools, the, for example, we discussed the insurance, uh, the audits, uh, the uh, formal verification software, uh, the, the, the white hacker, will also increase in, 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 uh, in, in tools to be able to intervene and, and, and save and bring um, uh, security over those attacks. I think it's always the same. It's not necessarily, uh, in a security level, you never stay, you're never safe. What you try is to understand what's the future attack and you just continue. Like the same in, in encryption, then you will have quantum physics, quantum computing. It's not a matter of keeping those algorithm in place. You just change them to make them quantum uh, uh, protected. Uh, so and, and we continue. We just increase the knowledge. We just increase the sophistication of those tools. And um, but yeah, the system is becoming more complex for sure. Evolve, so, like, adapt, survive, and thrive. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's I mean, what it... happened. That's exactly the the recap of our past few days, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, TLDR, everyone. Yeah, yeah. Plus uh, um... sleep deprivations, of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so I I guess we're we're not completely out of the woods. Uh, yet, like like we discussed, uh, but yeah, uh, we we should be watching uh, that um, uh, uh, how how much it's costing to to short, um, and also uh, you know how uh, the OTC deals are going. Um, but I think kind of the the bright note of this uh, conversation has definitely been uh, how you know e even if it's because everyone's protecting their own positions and uh, guided by their own incentives, but still the, there, there has been this sense of banding together uh, to save DeFi. Um, and yeah, it, it's been really interesting to see. Um, I agree with, with Julian, like uh, we're still early. Um, these uh, uh, tools are, are still pretty uh, straightforward and, and simple. Um, YYC Trader who's joining us on, on the comments out on the stream today, um, has a good point. Information asymmetry is still huge uh, in, in DeFi. It's gonna get bigger as these things get uh, get more and more complex. So that's that's something to look out for, and that's um, that's our role here at uh, at the Define to make things uh, more transparent and clearer. Uh, with uh, Reg Finance, just a shout out to to Julian's um, platform as well. Uh, amazing place to to look at uh, hacks and you know uh, also provide transparency uh, to the space and so um, yeah we'll be here uh, just continuing to report on uh, everything that's happening on Curve and elsewhere in DeFi. Uh, so thank you guys so much for for joining the stream. This was amazing, uh, super uh, you know interesting conversation. Um, thanks Julian and Dave, uh, Jeremy and Owen uh, as always, and hope you. 
uh, you, uh, all of the guys, everyone joining us will uh, come uh, uh, next week as well. Um, and that's all. <laughs> Thank you. Very good everyone. job. Very good job, guys. It's, uh, it's a good quality. Thanks good quality. Thanks yeah. so much. Yeah. Thank right. you, guys. See you guys. Bye-bye.